Welcome to the Your Mom Has a Blog podcast. I'm Chad Edgington. And I'm Melissa Edgington. 19 days we've podcasted straight in our 30 for 31, no, 31 for 31 challenge. <laughs> yeah. Or as some call it, May Madness. 31 things to teach your kids in 31 days. And mad props to Jackson Chang for uh, putting up a neat graphic. Did you see that? Yeah, he put a picture so up cool. and he made a really cool graphic about the 31 things to teach your kids. So, uh, shout out to Jackson. Thanks, Jackson. Mm -hmm. And Jackson and Heather were featured on one of the podcasts, I think 65, 63, somewhere around there, mid-60s. Uh, we're uh, day 19, I think we're on episode 68. Do you feel like, do you remember in that movie, Castaway, where he was marking the days... Mm -hmm. To try to keep up with how many days he'd been on the island. Right. We haven't been making our hash marks. Yeah, we need to make hash marks somewhere. I feel like we're I losing make, track of time. I make mental hash marks. <laughs> so <clears throat> The yeah. only way that we can ever know what day of the podcast we're on is because we started on May 1st. Yeah, so so just look whatever at the today's date is, that's how we know. That's how we know. Yeah. So it's our 19th <laughs> podcast in a row. I talked to someone at the store, Sonia Gray. Shout out to Sonia. She said, been trying to catch up. There's a lot to catch up. And I said, yeah, because we're doing this every night. And uh, I was really, I had, a, I had a big day today, a lot of steps today. Do you, does your new phone, have you noticed it does steps? It does. Yeah. So I got so many steps in today. How many steps did you like end up 12, with? 12,000 something. A lot of steps. Nice. I don't normally step that many steps. I think 3,000 is a good day. And I, we walked to the golf course this morning. So I'm always in uh, trying to find a way to play golf cheap. Because golf is not a poor man's sport. Did you know that? Yes. Yeah, golf costs money. Because the way we play golf is we have cool little carts that we ride around in. The equipment's expensive, and it's always changing, getting better. But today I figured out, if you just play nine holes and you walk the golf course, you can play it for a reasonable rate. Good. But it makes you really tired. <laughs> then we mowed and helped, helped someone was moving in, helped them move in. And so I was able to get a lot of steps that way. So then you were shopping. Yeah, I probably got a lot of steps, too. And you got some steps. You're looking for some home decor. Yeah. To go with our new paint, the new paint uh, colors on the house. Yes, I'm trying to decorate the porch. But, you know, I looked all afternoon for this one thing, and then I brought it home. And I don't like it, of course. So I'm going to have to take it back and try again. That's how it goes. Sometimes it's hard to tell until you see it up there, you know? Mm-hmm. So then I was I was basically asleep on the couch when you and Adelaide came back from Wichita Falls. And I woke up and I thought, oh man, we have to podcast. <laughs> now here we go. So this truly may, may not be a very long podcast because I can't keep my eyes open. So we'll see how much Chad talks whenever he's sleepy. Well, the other night, you know, we were praying and I woke up praying. But your prayer never quit making sense, so you are capable of praying even in your sleep. That was weird. Cause I woke up and I thought, oh my goodness, I'm talking. I'm praying. <laughs> and I was asleep while I was praying. I don't know how that works, but 
I did uh, that once when I was teaching school. You fell asleep when you were talking? I took a Benadryl. Oh, yeah. Well, those are, never take that when you have to do anything important. That was, yeah. I didn't realize that until that day mm-hmm. when I was falling asleep while I was sitting you on my stool of, at the front of the You just sort of zombie out the whole day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't do Benadryl well either. So let's talk about our topic so we can get in and out. In and out. Because you know what tomorrow is? Sunday. Tomorrow's church, y'all. And Melissa's got the children's choir practicing at 9. I've got the regular praise band practicing at 8.30. It's going to be a big day. So it's going to be a big day. You know our, what our biggest day of the year was? It was last week. Mother's Day. Mother's Day wound up being the highest attended day of the year so far. That just goes to prove that we have a lot of people in our church with good sons and daughters who Show came up. home to mm-hmm. be with Mama on Mother's Day. Or Grandmother. Yeah. And so we had a huge crowd. And it was also one of our lowest giving days of the year, but you got to just focus on the positive. <laughs> it's weird. We can have a huge crowd and, and, and hardly anyone gives. And then whenever we uh, have, when I'll look out there like on a snow day, you know, we'll make budget. We always have church. That's a, th- a thing at First Olney is that we always have church because we live in a small town. Nobody's more than a couple of miles away. You can always make it to church. And we have a radio, internet radio ministry, and uh, YouTube. We broadcast live on YouTube, so um, we can all we want to get up there and at least do something so people can watch from home. Yeah. So um, we've had snow days where like forty people are in church just because they wanted to get out of the house and do something besides go to the grocery store. And my that's my thing. I was like, look. If you, if you, if the grocery store is open and you can go down there, you know, and and get um, a bag of Doritos, we should probably have church. <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to be un, outdone, you know, by the grocery store people who who manage to show up, yeah, and open up the doors. So that's why we do that. We just, and you know, and that way you're never worried about snow. But but your point is is that. I'll look out Even there when there's on, only a, 40 on a day people. with 40 people that they'll, we'll make budget. It's crazy. Yeah. Or the giving will be strong. So, or we'll make what our weekly needs are. God uh, always so provides. Speak. God provides. So it's interesting. Uh, 31 for 31 topic tonight. Let us have it, Melissa. Tonight's topic is teach your kids to be encouragers. All right. Well, I have to do this. I mean. I have to talk about the most encouraging person I've ever met in my life. Yes, do it. You know who it is? Is it Scott? It's Scott, yeah. Which, that's always a safe thing to say. Because it seems like in my life, all my friends have been named you Scott. You have a lot of Scots. I'm talking about yeah. Scott Bryant. So that's Scott Bryant. Well, you know, Scott Bryant. You know, we grew up in a time in the 80s where people were wearing, you know, brand names were a big deal. Yeah. I remember brand names. Jerbo. Um, <laughs> Pepsi Cola sweatshirts. Stone washed or acid washed Levi's. Guest jeans. What else was popular back in those days? Ka- yeah, pe- capas. Remember ca- capas? Capa tennis shoes. But all sorts of fashion. I mean, people had, you had to have these particular type of clothes. Swatch watch. Swatch watches. Well, you know, I didn't have any of that. I mean, we had maybe a, I had some things handed down, 
But, uh, you know, money was tight for a lot of people. And money was tight for the, the Bryants because their dad was saving for Baylor and paying cash for it. Whoa. Yeah, no, no <laughs> kidding. So if, my, if your dad's trying to pay cash for college, uh, there's for not, Baylor. no one's getting a Swatch watch for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so and, and and there were other savings measures that they that they would do at the Bryant household, such as, uh, no, they would give the dad would give haircuts to the boys, that kind of stuff. So yeah. you can imagine Scott and me were sort of similarly situated in the fashion arena. Uh, we we just weren't we we weren't uh, we we weren't on point. We weren't on fleek. <laughs> you know, we were not. Or y'all wearing Wranglers or Rustlers? We probably was. I don't even know what we'd have been wearing. Rustlers yeah. or, but you know, maybe Bugle Boys, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Do you remember Bugle Boys? Bugle Boys were too cool for was you. Was that too cool? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what Bugle Boy who sold the Bugle Boy, but anyway. Um, <laughs> but even though we were similarly situated stylistically, uh, Scott Bryant was one of the most popular people in the whole school. And it was a huge school. And it was a big school. And so Scott was busting all the stereotypes. You might say, well, you've got to have original jams or you've got to have, uh, you know, a certain type of tennis shoe or whatever it would be before people will like you. But, you know, Scott Bryant cracked the code, not even trying to get people to like him. Scott Bryant was able to teach us all that the way that you uh, became well-liked he was like a little miniature Zig Ziglar, just doing it naturally. Yeah. He was just, or, or uh, uh, the well, Carnegie, Andrew Carnegie, he was just uh, an encourager. I mean, you liked to be around Scott because he made you feel better because he pumped you up. Yeah. You know, he would, whether, and it, it was just little things. I remember the, uh, he would come by when I would walk by him in high school. You know, I would have, I think I... We went through like the '90s thing where you like shaved part of your head and grew part of it long. Yeah. You no, know, I didn't have a ponytail or anything, but I, I, I had, I wore like a toboggan or something silly. And I remember Scott walking by me once. He was like, "Man, I love that. I'm digging that hat, Chad. Digging that haircut. Whatever it is, he would always find something to point out that was great. Yeah. You know, even if it wasn't, uh, we were in the marching band, and you could say, "Oh, you know, marching band's just a bunch of, you know, losers." band nerds, that kind of a thing. But at the football games, as we were about to march out onto the field, uh, all the football guys would run up to Scott Bryant. And they would say, what do I got so far? What do I got so far? And he was up there in the stands keeping track of rushing yards, passing yards, and so on and so on. (laughs) And so he would tell everybody what their stats were. So even then he managed to be like the the popular guy on the football team because they wanted to know like how many yards have I run for so far, you know. Yeah. That's what, how great he was. He, he but he he was he would always, you know, we we are so self-centered and self-focused and our our kids can grow up that way. But the way Scott operated, uh which has always taught me so much and I've I've told kids about him in every youth group and every, just said, "Listen, here's what you do. If you want to have a great experience, just you be the person who's always given encouragement. Hmm. You be the Barnabas. You know, Barnabas's name, son of encouragement. Yeah. That's what his name means. And uh, if we can teach our kids to be that way, I always love it to hear kids encouraging each other. Uh, 
and I'll tell them that story about Scott Bryant and then, you know, teach them to try to model that type of behavior. Yeah. Did you have any encouragers when you were growing up? Um, yeah, I had a lot of encouragers, you know, I grew up in a small town church mm. and that was just kind of a, a huge part of my growing up as all of these adults and older teenagers, you know, around me who encouraged me and still do, you know, mm. thanks to social media. Mm-hmm. And they're always on there talking about how they like to read my writing, you know, and they're proud of you commenting on the kids, you know, and all mm. that. I mean, it makes such a difference, but it's so easy to um, criticize people or to see all of the ways that people could do better. You know, but it's also really easy to encourage. Exactly, because all you have to say is, "Good job." Yeah, and so this comes back to like pretty much every other thing we've talked about is what are our kids seeing in our home? Are they seeing parents who are encouraging people, or are they seeing parents who are discouraging, who are shooting down ideas, who are saying that's dumb, who are? who are seeing the worst in people instead of the best. Right. And are they seeing parents who speak kind words to each other and to the children and to people outside the family? Right. And it's so easy to turn in a situation, to to turn a negative Nancy situation to a positive situation. And you just have to do that. I think of, you know, bowling with kids. You know, sometimes kids are bad bowlers. That they were a lot worse before the bumpers were invented. Yeah, those are. I love bowling so much yeah, more now I love that those the bumpers. are. What are we going to do when our kids are grown and gone? Can we just put those bumpers up when we bowl? I think you can. I think you can ask for the bumper. Yeah. I think, but we won't because I think that's how I'll start beating you. <laughs> but I will encourage you every gutter ball. Every oh. gutter ball. You know, Melissa, that's right where you wanted to throw it <laughs> because you just walked over there and threw it right in the gutter. <laughs> We would have fun with bowling. See, we would bowl in high school before there were gutters, and we'd be bowling. And if you just got, you know, sometimes you throw it down there and you just get one pin. Yeah. And we'd always say, that's the one you wanted, man. That's the one you wanted. I know that's the one you wanted. Or playing volleyball or something with the kids. I'll try to, you know, encourage them and make, make make us realize that there's so many more. What we tend to think is important is really not important at all. And yeah. you say, you know, your athletic performance and these sorts of things, just say, you know, you, you did your best. You did great. You're, you got this. And, and you just encourage and te- And then once you start the encouragement, it, it goes like dominoes. People just start to encourage, encourage. Yeah. I wrote a blog post a few years ago called something like an easy way to love people today. And it was about just complimenting people. Because, you know, a lot of times whenever we see people, we think as we're talking to them, we'll think her hair looks so pretty or we'll think, I love that shirt she has on. But a lot of times we won't stop and take the time or we won't think about actually verbalizing that and Mm. saying it to them. Or we'll go to an event and someone will do a fantastic job who was in charge and we'll talk about it amongst ourselves, but we won't go, go and tell them. the person. Yeah. And so my the point of that post and how I try to operate if I if I am in my right mind, since I'm dealing with three children, but is when I have a thought about 
someone that's positive, I try to say it as I'm standing there with mm-hmm. them. Because it makes such a difference when people do that with me, you know. Your whole day can be turned around by someone saying, hey, I saw what you wrote today, and I just wanted you to know it made a difference, mm, you know. Yeah. I mean, it just really matters yeah. how we treat other people in that way, mm-hmm. just taking the time to reach out to them and saying, I saw what you did there, and I want you to know I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Just and and so with our children, we also have a tendency, I think, sometimes to focus on the negative instead of the positive. So that's one way we can model this to them. And I know there's a lot of stuff out there. I think we can go too far the other way and tell our kids they, they're doing awesome at something that they're not actually awesome at, you know, because we're scared to hurt their feelings or something. But I think that there are certain things that you can find that your kids are doing that maybe you take for granted. You know, for instance, if you've got kids who are really well-behaved kids and you can take them into a restaurant and you don't have to worry about how they're going to act in there, after time, you can start taking that for granted. Well, take the time to say to them while you're sitting there, you know something I really appreciate about you guys? That's how I can bring you in here and I don't have to worry at all about you having bad manners or being too loud because you're such great kids and it's fun to go places with you. Yeah. And that, I guess what the points you brought up, um, point out the stuff they do well. You don't have to be a snowflake, uh, cuddling parent, right? That's, that's kind of what, that what you're kind of pushing back against. Well, I, I, I think the concept of, you know... Everybody gets a trophy. Yeah, if, if I mean, I, I know that you can go overboard on that, but I'm talking about genuine compliments that you can give your kids mm-hmm. that maybe you would overlook on yeah. a normal basis. The things that they really are outstanding in doing. Yeah, instead, of, instead of having a fit over the the, um, you know, mediocre baseball game they just played and trying to act like that they were major league baseball players. Why don't you just talk about how they're so good at wiping off the bathroom sink after they brush their teeth? Or the way that they were really good at encouraging their teammates. Yeah. Because that goes a long way. And uh, probably the guy that encourages everyone on the team, (laughs) that's the one they all want to be on their team. Exactly. You know, so awesome. So teach your kids that. And again, as with most of these things, you teach by modeling and you, you can, you can encourage their peers. I mean, that's a good thing we can do by teaching in Bible school. And we do have a lot of opportunities to witness and our, and to, uh, work with children, um, that in, in those circumstances, you can show your kids how to encourage other people, even their own age. Yeah. So that's a good opportunity for those of you teaching and working in groups where your children are also sitting there with with you. And, you know, we've mentioned that I, you know, one of my main goals in raising these kids is to raise them to be likable people. And that is a byproduct of raising kids who are encouragers is they're well-liked, but that's not the, that's not the purpose behind why we would teach our kids to do this. We teach them to do this because it's a way to love other people. Mm -hmm. It's a way to show the, the love of Christ to people just to, um, take the time to say something kind to someone. Mm -hmm. And then there's another aspect or element of encouragement, which is sort of a restorative encouragement where you go to someone who's down and you go to someone who 
isn't isn't doing you know isn't doing something well isn't handling something well i thought the little story emerald told today about the clown was good and i know we run the risk when we talk about clowns of triggering people because people fear clowns right yeah but we were talking to emerald about the clown a clown today and she said that she was afraid of a clown that came to our church yeah. And she said, I was really afraid of the clown that came to our church. And then Adelaide took me into the bathroom and talked to me about it. And then I was okay. Yeah. You know, so there's that sort of, that type of encouragement where someone's struggling with right. clowns or uh, a bully <laughs> or whatever it could be, grades, yeah. um, you know, kind of in the kid world. And then in our world, you know, there's people that are struggling in their faith. They're struggling with anxiety. They're struggling with all sorts of things. And we can be those types of encouraged say, you know what? You can do this. Uh, you don't think you can walk into church and sit down because of what everyone's going to think. You you have a hard time, um, you know, going to work or these are the, I'll, let, let me help you. Let me encourage you. Let me be there for you. All right. And so you've got the, you know, recognize and encourage the things that people are doing well and then also teach the kids to to encourage in that restorative way where they uh, lift people up out of a struggle that they're enduring. Right. And it's, it's part of that is, is helping them learn to look for people who need encouragement. And that's how you can help mm-hmm. train your kids to be the ones who are looking for the outliers and for the ones who are not yeah. being included. And the it's ones really, who are, that's really important. Yeah. That's something people in our churches, and I've been, we've been members of a lot of churches, have really never done all that well. You know, you've, you've got a few Barnabases out there that seem to always be the ones that are looking for those people. Yeah. But on the whole, people are just kind of have blinders on. They come to church, they think only of their needs, you know, and, and, and we're kind of a consumerist society regarding church that way. I love looking out and seeing the one... Who who recognizes while while we're doing the we do the howdy duty time you know everyone turn to your neighbor and shake their hands, and you see the ones that will walk across you know to go find that one that no one's talking to and make right. sure they shake their hand and, t- and smile at them and and encourage them. So and by the way, that's a great lesson for all of us adults who tend to come to church and focus only on how we are being treated. Or only how we're being made to feel yeah. instead of looking for other people and figuring out how to make them feel welcomed and, and reach out to them. If you're the, if you're a member of the church, you cannot come to church every Sunday looking, you know, expecting people to make you feel a certain way. You've got to have the spiritual maturity to come and say, no, I'm the one who's going to come into this building today and I'm going to show the love of Christ to other people. And I'm not going to be sitting around thinking about, you know, how well they're showing the love of Christ to me. Yeah. A selfish Christian is an oxymoron. It's like the jumbo shrimp or whatever, you know, a selfish Christian doesn't compute. Doesn't make sense. Right. And you got to ask yourself. If everyone in the church demonstrated the sort of behavior that I demonstrate, uh, thought the same thoughts I thought, if everyone came in the church and they were just like me, would our church be stronger or weaker? Mm. And so I think for those people, I mean, it's just so frustrating, pastorally speaking, 
um, when people come up and they have such awful, awful concerns and um, just selfish, uh, preferential sorts of requests or whatever they may be that they bring to you. And you think, oh my goodness, we are missing the mark. You know, if this is what discipleship looks like, this is not Christian discipleship. This is a mess. Yeah. And so be, be yeah, that, that sort of inward-focused, um, selfish, self-centered uh, type of, of uh, um, interaction with God's people, it doesn't work. So turn that, you know, turn that frown upside down. And you, you take that and you be an encourager and be the one who's making things better not the one who just wants things to be a certain way and never does anything about it. You're part of the problem or you're part of the solution. So and, be part of the solution. And if you struggle with feeling that way, know that that is a temptation, that a temptation to be distracted from what you are coming to church mm-hmm. in order to accomplish, which is to be a part of the body of Christ and to serve. Yeah. So don't give in to that temptation. Whenever you start feeling that way, just say, no, I know that is not of God. Right, and I'm not going to give in to that temptation to and dwell here, on that yeah, today. To sit here and dwell upon my feelings and my circumstances, when certainly there are people all around me who are going through awful, awful things. I mean, we'll go to church tomorrow, and some people will have a. Imagine all the attitudes that we know people will walk into sanctuaries all over Texas with tomorrow. Let's just use Texas as an example, and yet here we are confronted with this awful shooting. Yeah, you know. And the same, it was sort of the same with Sutherland Springs, that there we were all gathering and think of all the things we were doing while those people were suffering there, you know, and being martyred there. And as we think of those students who lost their life in the most horrible way, and yet we still will struggle to have perspective. Right. Because we're so wrapped up in ourselves that we have the hardest time even thinking of that terrible tragedy that didn't happen very far from here. That's something we all struggle with. Something Definitely. we all struggle with, but we have to keep a proper biblical perspective on it. And that helps us reach out, and that's how God's love always moves. God's love always moves out. It's always moving from, from father to son, from son to father, from spirit to father, from spirit to son, from to son to earth, uh, father sending Jesus. It's always moving out. It's not centered on itself. That's what's so amazing about the Trinity, is that the Trinity is... The members of the Trinity are always exalting the other members, and so that and and finding ways to honor each other, and if we'll do that, that's that's how you are godly. You know, you whenever you are thinking things and doing things after the same heart that God operates with. So be an encourager, teach your kids to be encouragers, and notice how God will use that in your in in your ministry in within your local church, within your family, and in your workplace where you. Um, where, wherever you go. Yes, absolutely. All right. I just don't know if I can talk anymore. <laughs> All right. I think we can wrap it up. Yeah. So uh, I think this is helpful. This is good stuff. It right? was helpful for me. It was convicting for me to sit here and talk about this. It's very convicting. So let's let's carry the conviction. Yeah. And act upon it. So. All right. Well, if this if this podcast, you know, most people probably listen to podcasts. There's, I'm thinking most of our people are behind. Yeah. And they're saying, this one's only 27 minutes long. I just need more Chad and Melissa. <laughs> and just click the next one and listen to it. Uh, listen to the 20th. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe we'll go a little longer tomorrow. <laughs> All right. 
All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, Bye. Bye Bye-bye.